0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you.
1: (laughs) You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment And the world of professional wrestling With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena In sunny Southern California Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, you got a lot of episodes behind you. This is episode number 100. (laughs) My name is Nick Howell.
0: (laughs) And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. My goodness, we're so excited. We made it to episode 100. That's pretty incredible. It's also incredible because of all of the times for us to have episode 100, we decided to have it uh, completely intentionally for a our recap episode for the first ever all women's pay per view for the main roster of WWE Women's Evolution or just evolution. Evolution. Or, e- women's evolu- or
1: divas or I, I they kept saying that's, all of them last night, so I, I wasn't you know, sure which one it was. Going
0: so. going down all of the history of things that they've <laughs> yeah. called the women in the WWE. Thankfully not some of the less savory ones that we saw around two thousand five to two thousand eight. But that's all right. We uh it was actually I, I, I'm going to say it right now, a pretty damn good show.
1: Yeah, Vince Russo was kept far away from this. It was actually a very entertaining spectacle of sports entertainment. Yeah. I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Me too. It didn't feel very forced or heavy-handed. Or it, it, it was like a legit pay-per-view, and I hate that I feel that way because <laughs> it always should have been a legit pay-per-view. And I shouldn't have gone into it with those skeptical, pessimistic kind of feelings, but man, I had a good time watching
0: that. You know what? It's I don't think that it is unfair to have gone into that with unrealistic, uh, uh pessimistic tendencies because, you know, yeah. that there's a reason why they're just now having this and why they're doing such damage control on this whole, you know, on the idea of women's wrestlers in WWE that's been so long that They've they haven't treated them very well, and it's it's been a bit disrespectful, and and they have a lot of catching up to do. So it's it's good that we were pleasantly surprised with this, but it's also I don't think. Uh, it's not a knock to say that we were pessimistic and nervous going in, uh, because of the history that they have. Thank goodness. They did not, uh, except for like, I think one or two very minor instances, there was not a lot of self-congratulation and back patting, uh, on their part. For the most part, they, they kept it quiet and just made it about the wrestling, Yes. which is what it should have been. So yep. very, very pleased with the product this week. Uh, that being said, Nick, before we really get into the show and, and recap it and analyze it and talk about it and give our opinions and give our dissertation, we need to do our business here first. So take it away, yes. sir.
1: Let me do a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the good stuff. Uh, As always, head over to Facebook and search for Busted Wide Open. Send us a join request for the discussion group. It is the hub of our operation over there on Facebook. Post funny memes, have great weekly discussions across every show, and all kinds of good stuff there. You can also follow us at BWO Podcast on Twitter. And if you like what we do and want to support this show, head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Sign up for one of our great tiers there to get some, some merch, some special bonus episodes, or even at the $5 tier just to interact with the show, ask some listener questions, and we will yes. answer them right here on the show. Based for the
0: price of a Big Mac a month, you can ask us questions on the show all month it, it's long It's not
1: even that. It's not even a Big Mac. I think you can get a Big Mac for like a buck 50 or something like that, right? Oh, you're in
0: North Carolina now, aren't you? Oh yeah, 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 are- yeah.
1: I can't out here, yeah. but you guys in California yeah. are screwed. Yeah,
0: we're Anyway, <laughs> it's like ten- <laughs> it's like $10 for one of those things out here, man. I right.
1: Know. Last but certainly not least, don't forget to head over to YouTube. We will be back live imminently. I promise within the next month, if not within the next few weeks. So Be ready for that by subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash busted wide open be sure to hit that little notification bell as well in order to get notified every time we go live or post a new video.
0: That being said, Big Macs out here are made with real cow. I don't know what they're made with out there in North Carolina. So, yes, sir, we, uh, we, uh, that is the business. Thank goodness we got through that. Uh, please, yes, yeah, subscribe across all platforms. Thank you for joining us on this here podcast. But you came here for a reason, and that reason was to hear us talk about the Graps. And so let's head on. The wrestling. Let's head right on over and talk about Evolution.
1: Well, Ian, as we raved about at the top of the show, it happened. It it happened. We had the first ever WWE all-women's pay-per-view. And I would like
0: to thank Saudi Arabia for putting WWE in enough hot water (laughs) so that they were forced to have an all-women's pay-per-view. Because let's call a spade a spade. One of the reasons why we had this was because of the backlash to the greatest Royal Rumble uh, back in the spring, which had no women on it whatsoever. Not announcing, not interviewing backstage, nothing. Uh, so this, 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 I was pretty apparently in response to that, and the fact that it's uh, a little bit less than a week before. Their second foray, uh, probably into Saudi Arabia, crown jewel, which uh, you had to feel like there was no way that you couldn't somehow suspect this show was created as damage control for that one. Between it being right next to the other to, to crown jewel, between you know it happening for the first time after the response they got from Greatest Royal Rumble. So I don't completely agree with that. I want to go on
1: record here and say I, I want to believe, as I always do with WWE, I want to believe that they had the best of intentions here and this wasn't some kind of cop-out, scapegoat kind of thing that they did just because they made a half-a-billion-dollar deal with Saudi Arabia where they pretty much abuse and hate women. <laughs> But I, I want to believe that there were genuine intentions here, that they wanted to move the women's evolution, women's revolution—is evolution or evo- I don't know—to no, no, no. move that whole movement forward. But I, I there's a little piece of uh-huh. me. There's a little part of me that goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're probably just covering their asses. I,
0: I'm the exact opposite. There's a little part of me that's like, maybe this was actually in good faith, and they had planned <laughs> this all along, and then the rest of me is like. No, absolutely not. This is a stone cold business decision, and they're just covering their asses uh this is This is philanthropy as business uh so you know what i mean this this is this is making the money by pretending to be a good person so i uh, that's that's what most of me thinks. That being said, whatever their intentions were, I have to say they did right by the women. They absolutely, yes, absolutely. did I, I thought that um you know if i if i set aside my cynicism about all of this and just let myself enjoy this for what it was which was a celebration of women wrestlers and their abilities this absolutely delivered on that point from top to bottom i thought i thought that not only was it an excellent showcase for their women wrestlers and how good women across the board are being uh, allowed to be now being able to showcase their talents uh, but I also thought that it was one of the better WWE pay-per-views of the year across the board. Especially yeah, there
1: was a certain point where I stopped and I went, oh, wait, this, there's only women on this one. Because I lost the through line that this, I had forgotten that this was a novelty spectacle of only women wrestling because I was enjoying it How could you possibly
0: forget? They were pretty ubiquitous with that stuff.
1: No, no, I mean, there was a point where I kind of just checked all that stuff at the door and just enjoyed the, the matches that were being put on in front of me and the and the women that were in them because I mean short of one or two like little botches here and there, it was a it was a solid card, solid event. All of the matches were entertaining. I never once checked out from any of these matches, and I can't say that about any other pay per view, yes, including WrestleMania oh, right. that I've <laughs> that I've watched this oh. year where I had didn't find myself just over mindlessly scrolling on my phone. Wait, you
0: checked out I was in during the eight hour marathon spectacle that was WrestleMania, I'm shocked. We, were, we, were, yeah. we watched that together, and we were both there a couple of times. We were just like, ugh. So yeah. now here's the thing. Why was that with this? Because, yes, as good as the match quality was, there have been good pay-per-views that are just too long. I mean, I think that part of it was this was a, a perfect length Pay per view. It didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too short. Um, there was also the matter of the presentation, and this has been a bit of a controversial subject online. I've heard people who loved it, people who hated it. Uh it looked more like some people have said a house show, some people have said takeover. It looked like Triple H had his fingers all over this thing to me, between the darkened arena when the matches were going on. Uh you had a little extra space between the arena and the barricades. Um there wasn't this big uh, noticeable obtrusive TitanTron. It was a nice there was a stage, but then when the match was on, it would go a little little softer. It wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't sure. overshadow everything. So, what did you think, man? What was your what, how did you like the presentation versus like a standard WWE presentation with all the lights and all the sh- all the shinies?
1: I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even really notice. It wasn't any it wasn't something that stood out to me. I think there was a certain point how where I just How did you not notice? Uh, okay. How did I not notice that the lights were a little darker? I just because I don't give a shit. I wasn't paying attention. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to see some women whooping each other's asses. All right. And by God, that's what we got. All right.
0: All right. I I've
1: I'm a little wound up today. If you, can't you are tell.
0: wound up. You are way wound up. I'm excited to be back on my show. Usually it's me who's overcaffeinated. Good lord. Uh you know, I, I could not help but see it. I could not help but Put it, uh, you know, set it against what you normally see as far as a main roster WWE pay per view. I could not help, and neither could uh, in our Facebook discussion group. We had our our live discussion about it, and it was a topic of conversation a big topic of conversation. Was what are they? What are they doing here? Uh, what is what is their? Why are they doing the production this way? Is this Triple H? You know, is this? Are they trying something new? Is this what we're going to be seeing in the future of WWE? Is this how it's going to look in the future? And I came down on the side of liking it. I thought it felt more like the takeovers, uh, the NXT takeovers where you darken the audience and it puts more focus on the ring. The audience isn't yeah. allowed to be as part of, as much of a part of the show. It felt like you know, there's some like if you're in a movie theater if they leave the lights up even a little bit it's annoying because you can see the people in front. You can see more of the heads in front of you, and I felt right. like that with this show. Where like the less I could see the audience, the more I was forced to focus on the action going on in the ring, and it may seem it may have made it seem, I guess, a bit quote smaller, uh, in terms of its scope. It didn't feel like such a a. Massive event because you couldn't see the depths of the of the arena, and some people speculated it was because it wasn't that full. It was every time the lights came up a bit, you could see that there were people all the way up to the rafters. But uh, at the same time, I thought that it was. I thought it definitely focused it more, and that was better for the TV presentation. And I'd be curious to see how it was uh, to hear how it was from people who were actually in the crowd.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And it's funny now that you're you're saying all of this, I'm thinking back, going, I'm I'm the type of viewer that easily gets distracted or i'm looking for posters or things that are out in the crowd exactly and i think one of the things is is i just didn't notice the crowd right and i'm wondering it it it, maybe it had a passive effect on me but it wasn't something that stood out to me as oh my god that's completely different than they do it usually do it yeah i think it it, whatever they did worked because all i did was focus on the matches
0: i think that's supposed to have been a subconscious thing and i am i personally prefer this 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 way because the other way oh, subconsciously yeah. makes you think you're watching a circus or something. Right. So at least in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so I, I I liked the presentation of this. Uh, I didn't think it felt like a house show. Uh, I liked the fact that it opened up with um, um, Strauss. What's her name? Uh, dang it. The guitarist, Alice Cooper. Oh, and Nita, Hale, Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss.
1: And uh, Lizzie Hale.
0: H- Lizzie Hale. Thank you. Uh, they opened it up and that was cool. I thought the lyrics were a little spot, a little on the nose, but it's yeah. evolution. By the way, it's evolution. It's a revolution. Evolution. Brr. Written by
1: but, WWE Creative. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it'll, you'll see it in the credits. Performed by Lizzie Hale. Written by De- Creative.
0: Right. No, it, it was it was a really cool way to start. Definitely felt Triple H um, with having uh, Lizzie Hale in the ring shredding. But uh, well, that was Nita. Lita, Nita I'm sorry, Nita Strauss. Brr. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it, I I liked the presentation across the board. I, I really did. And it didn't hurt that the action going on in the ring was as good as it was. And we've talked a, a lot about how good it was. Let's get into it and talk about what exactly we saw, yes. Nick. And the first match of the night was Trish Stratus and Lita versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. It was not... <laughs> a, yeah, What? It was supposed to have been Alexa Bliss, but I guess her nagging injury uh, made it so that she could not perform during the show, and last minute she was replaced with Alicia Fox. I guess we could have guessed this from last week's Monday Night Raw when Alicia jumped in uh, as the person who jumped Trish and Lita backstage and not Alexa. So they were building towards this. Uh, so
1: I want to disclose something real quick before we go through the match and everything. Um, you you changed your pick on this one at the last minute, and I had not shared with you or the listeners that I had a gut hunch because of what because of the the absence or the substitution on Raw, and and you kind of laughed at me when I when I picked Trish and Lita initially. on last week's show and i I didn't want to disclose that that was why because it was just kind of a one of my crazy fantastical gut hunch things that uh, i didn't think alexa was going to perform right and that's why i said oh they're going to make it about the old ladies
0: Uh, the old ladies damn sir Uh, they're they're i mean they're still hot as shit don't get me (laughs) wrong trish you're just Strish, digging away. Trish hole. Stratus still satisfies for sure. All right.
1: Uh but that's I wanted to just disclose that as we go through this match. But at the end of the day, I mean there was one little botch where Fox didn't get into Fox the ring quick not enough get to there. break it up. In time. But I mean, this was this was serviceable. It was fun.
0: It was so. It was smart to have it as the first match. It was the most quote nostalgia match on the card, especially with having Alicia Fox in there for Alexa Bliss. Alexa was ringside. She did come out and run down Trish and Lita before the match, but then basically acted as a manager for the rest of the yeah. match for Mickey and Alicia. Uh, this again, yes, as you mentioned, I did change my pickums uh, as the show was starting not as the match was starting, as the show was starting. The second that they announced that Alicia Fox was officially covering for Alexa Bliss, I had picked Alexa and Mickey to pick this up because I thought Alexa was going to go over. And I yeah. thought that it was appropriate that the younger talent should go over the old talent. Uh, it well, The second that she was out and it was Trish and Lita versus Mickey and Alicia... Oh no! No 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 yeah. no! No this way gonna, they're winning. <laughs> this is going to be a nostalgia match, and everyone's going to cheer Trish and Lita when they pick up the win over those dastardly heels. Absolutely changed it in a heartbeat the second that we found that out. And, and and yes, it was it was the right pick because Trish and Lita did go over strong. It was a it was actually as you said a pretty fun match. A couple times it was a little botchy. You could tell that Mickey was the one who was really running this match a lot. You know Trish and Lita got their spots in but mickey was mickey had no ring rust because she's been working yeah and she was absolutely leading people around this ring and doing a lot of the work uh whether it was calling it and telling people to get where to go whether it was uh helping with bumps she was definitely the superstar of this match to me and one of the part of one of the greatest moments too everyone popped like crazy when trish hot tagged in and she and Mickey had a stare down before going at it because everyone remembers oh, yeah. their, their their feud, which was a great feud. Yep. So, yeah, it was all it was satisfying. It was stratifying. Uh, stratifying. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it was it was this, it <laughs> waka, was this, waka 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 uh, da 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 da. da. Uh, it was it, again. It was nothing special, but as a way to open the show, hot, give everyone a little nostalgic goose. We've been talking a lot about nostalgia lately because of the Undertaker Kane and DX match. Uh, this was an instance where nostalgia served its purpose, to get everyone in a nice, happy frame of mind for the rest of the show. And it had no purpose beyond that. It wasn't serving any storylines, nothing else but just lighthearted entertainment. And as that, this match totally serviced. It, was to- yep. it totally worked. It totally worked.
1: Uh, and it delivered straight into what we had next, which, was, which I thought they would either open or close the show with, but the Battle Royale uh i was I, I was curious this was an interesting position for this for me but I, I buy it it worked yeah it worked in the flow of things and um you know we got i, I don't know if we want to rattle everybody off i'm here, gonna rattle talking everybody about off. nostalgia it had all of our favorites uh from the last 20 years not all
0: not all uh oh, it was, well, almost it was, it was it was missing a couple of mine but um it's yeah you, you had a uh, like what AJ Lee? A. J. Well, it was very notoriously missing AJ Lee. Yes. Uh, and that was not who I was going to say. But uh, AJ that, that, Lee is definitely uh, a huge omission from this battle royale. The The women that we did have in it were Tamina Snuka, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce from the Iconics, Ember Moon, uh, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi and then the returning uh legacy stars if you will Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Medusa, uh, Molly Holly, Ivory, Kelly Kelly and Maria Canellis. So yeah, it was it was a little you're, bit of the You're newer, missing a lunder
1: Blaze from that list. Uh, Medusa. Oh okay, fair enough.
0: Uh Alundra Blaze was how they does was definitely was how they built her. Yep. You see you're right. I should change that to lunder Blaze, but yep. Anyway, the point is is that yeah, we had a nice bit of the new talent, basically everyone who they couldn't fit into a match for the rest of the show for the new talent, right. <laughs> and you had a good cross-section of the old talent. So it was, you know, and, and frankly, I thought that one of the nice touches was that they all had an entrance. There was not a big mass entrance, hey, here's all of them at once. And, or did we just come back and they're all in the ring. Right, or we started with them all in the ring, exactly. They all had an entrance they all and as much as sometimes that irritates me because it is a bit of a popularity contest or it can be it can turn into a popularity contest like some people get more cheers than others this was fine everyone they gave everyone some pretty good respect from the audience and even though some of the entrances were abbreviated they cut the music when they were halfway to the ring and other people got all the way to the ring That's whatever fine. it's it was fine everyone had a moment for us to sit back and go ah! Oh yeah, I remember Tori Wilson. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Or be really shocked as I was by some of the responses that the modern stars got. Nia Jax got a huge pop. Even Tamina got a pop.
1: I think Dana Brooke got a pretty. Dana
0: pop. Dana Brooke unfortunately got a bit of a less pop because she came, I think, after one of the bigger pops. But yeah. it, regardless, it was still it was nice to see everyone get their entrances. And then the match itself. I've seen some criticisms of it online. And people who are criticizing it obviously have not watched 90% of WWE's Battle Royales for the last 20 years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This was, as Battle Royales go, and let's be clear, they're usually cluster Fs. This was decent. Decent to good. It started off with a lot of nostalgia spots and women, the previous generation, having their moments and then being tossed out. Or, if you're Molly Holly, just getting tossed out. Right. Or if, although if you're watching closely, Molly Holly took down Oscar in the background before getting tossed out. It wasn't it wasn't featured, but she was taking out Oscar. So my girl Molly Holly did get a little piece back there. But uh, but mostly it was have a moment, get tossed out. It started with the iconics coming out and doing the thing that they're best at, which is pissing everyone off with their mic work and talking down to the legacy stars, and then having the legacy stars immediately toss them out, and they were the first ones eliminated. But it was a yeah, man. Overall, it started off with the legacy stars and then ended up with the newer stars having what I thought was a really satisfying finish to this match.
1: And we, I was, it was interesting. We were coming down to it because you picked Ember, I picked Oscar, and there they all were. And I was going, "Oh man, here we go again. This could get interesting." How cool and, uh, was that moment? Ivory, I think, was in the final five or six as well. Dude, all the way down.
0: Ivory there. was not only was she, I believe, the oldest woman in this match at fifty six. She also, of all the legacy stars, in my opinion, looked the best. She, I mean, not she looked her age, but she was she did a cross body off the top rope. She was dancing with Carmella during a dance break. I was, I was like, dang, Ivory. All right, it was great. I was very, very, uh, very pleased with how Ivory acquitted herself. Uh, I, I had there were some people online that said Alundra looked great, and I would have to disagree. I thought Alundra looked uh, Alundra was a lumbering. Uh, and Kelly, Kelly, and Maria Canellas were just kind of there. Tori Wilson as well. Michelle McCool got a, a lot of spots because you know Undertaker.
1: She looked like she
0: could still go. Yeah, well, yeah, because she got more time. You know? She got more time to put, you know, to be yeah. p- to have people put her over because of sure. course she did. But uh, but at the end of the, and then there was a nice little spot where uh, Mandy Rose tossed out her friend Sonia Deville. Might be a little something happening there. Very cool.
1: Glad you brought that up. I wanted to talk about that one too. But go ahead. No, that's
0: that's pretty much all there is. Is it was a nice moment. Oh. And and I mean, I, what do you have anything else to say about it? Because I thought it was just like a nice. Yeah, moment.
1: they've been besties and pretty much coming out as a team ever since they debuted. And I'm wondering if we're going to get a little little feud going on now between those two. Which I, I'd be in for. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing where that goes because I, I think you. I think we've associated one with the other for too long Agreed. now, and I, and I and I think they need to. I think it's Mandy needs to needs a little bit of a push, and I think Sonny needs a little bit of a push, but they need to do it separately. And I think them two working together as well as they know each other could be a really good thing
0: i i i'm actually going to take it a step further and say it's about time they split these two up and let them be single stars them coming yes. out together is is servicing nobody if they're not going to pull the trigger in the women's tag division right now separate these two and make them single stars because they need to be and they could be and yep. you've got the room to do it uh getting back to ember and oscar our picks. You picked Oscar. I picked Ember. That was the next one of the next big moments was Ember and Oscar facing off in the center of the ring, center of the ring. And kudos to the crowd for immediately remembering their um their legendary rivalry in NXT when Oscar was still yes. defeated and Ember was the one person we thought could possibly beat her and barely could not, barely did not pull that off.
1: It's like three times in a row, I think they had they had their matches and Ember, all so close, came so
0: close, as close as anybody did before Charlotte did. Well, here Ember tossed Oscar over the top to a pretty a, 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 amazing pop and silence from the announcers. Totally, they seem to have missed that the fact that she finally got her <laughs> hers back, which drove me nuts. Either that or there's too much happening. They,
1: they don't watch NXT. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, NXT doesn't happen. Remember, this is the last women's, the first last women's standing match th- oh, right, tonight. Right. NXT doesn't doesn't happen in kayfabe in, in, in continuity, which is ridiculous because the audience remembered, uh, and that was a nice moment. Ember then went off on some of the remaining women. You had Tamina and Naya. Who also had a really nice moment where they faced off earlier in the match and everyone kind of went, Ooh, what's gonna happen? The the two big strong chicks. And then they both went, ooh, ah, a nice little tribute to their relative Roman Reigns, and then started to whoop up on everyone in the ring. Uh, that I thought I thought I liked that moment. That was really fun. I like the fact that, that they've had Tamina coming back looking like another Naya like monster and contrasting her with Naya. In this match in terms of yeah, how I think they, they said uh, she's been out for like nine months now yeah the shoulder injury, right. shoulder injury yeah uh so you know it's not she's not doesn't have a huge moveset. she's she works a monster style it's fine she's fine yeah. as that and she acquitted herself very well in this match as that and I like the fact that it came down to her and Naya and Ember and Zelina Vega who was
1: well, she- she pulled a Miz. She was hanging out outside the ring and wasn't wasn't eliminated. So originally, Alicia,
0: Alicia Fox was, was announced for this match. And you may have noticed I didn't say Zelina Fega when I said the Battle Royals because my list said Alicia Fox. Zelina was subbed for Alicia when Alicia had to go over to the tag match. So Zelina was hiding out. Yeah, like you said, she pulled a, pulled a Rusev and hit under the ring. Or uh, or Ric <laughs> Flair or however how many other people have done that. Um, and she popped up at the end and tried to put one over on Ember and uh, Naya. That got foiled. She got military pressed by Naya and hucked out of the ring onto Tamina. Which looked a little. Uh, that was a. <laughs> both of them looked like don't, they died. Don't
1: kill Zelina Vega, ah, please! Tamina
0: took it in the face, man. That, that didn't look good on for either of them. That looked rough. Yeah. But that, yeah, we're down to Ember and well, Nia. You know, end. When
1: it's 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 Nia Jax. You know, you just you can never. Oh, for know.
0: crying out loud! What <laughs> it's gravity, Nick? What's she gonna do? Put some wings on Zelina and hope she floats down like a gelfling? She didn't like let her down. Nia threw
1: that girl like she chucked her out of the because ring because Tamina was, was standing. Like, oh, it's
0: a little strong. Twenty feet away. <laughs> what do you? She hit Tamina Square. What's she going to do? She throws her any less. She's going to fall to the floor. Oh, my God. Um, we're not getting on this again. Uh, uh, <laughs> God damn. Uh,
1: I'm back. Apparently.
0: <laughs> so, well, let's let's continue because of your love for Naya. So, yeah, at the end, the crowd was definitely behind Ember Moon, chanting for Ember Moon. Very much wanted Ember Moon to win, but she did not. Naya Jax did pull this off. I I thought I was going to take this pick uh, all the way up until the end, but nope, Nia gets to stand tall at the end. But she does get cheered from the crowd at the end, so they apparently were okay with her winning too. She now has a uh, she has a shot, a title shot at the Raw title. Whoever was going to have that after the Ronda and Nikki battle later in the night. So, and that's a Crown Jewel, right? It, oh, no, because you can't. Oh, oh I'm sorry, wait. Yeah, yeah, you can't have women no, there. No, you can't yeah. have that. That would be bad. Uh, but yeah. So Nia announced she's going to go for the raw title. Uh, do you think Nia as the winner is a good or bad idea? Do you think having her be the winner should they have pulled the trigger it's, on someone new, someone fresh, or was Nia
1: absolutely th- they should have? Ooh, okay. Um, I think, and and again, you guys know my my predisposed positions on 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 Nia, but I'm just putting that aside for a moment. <laughs> I, I I think it was uh, I think it was a bad call. She had that run this summer. And it didn't really go anywhere, and it was just her and Alexa Bliss, and then the thing with Rousey, and just uh, okay. And, 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 but if they had put Ember Moon in there, yeah. Ember Moon against Ronda Rousey, yep, that would have been pretty slick. Oscar, but the, you know, know, the speculation,
0: yeah, the speculation though is Oscar. I think would have been a more logical winner given uh, you know what happened later in the show. But in terms of Ember Moon. You know, the, the theory would be, given what, how, they, how the rest of the show turned out, uh, they don't want to pull the trigger on Ember unless she can win, right? And at this point, you're not going to have her as a face go up and beat Rousey. And I don't think they want to turn her heel right now because everyone's so behind no. her. So having Ember win, ultimately, and if you look at my pickums, you'll see why I picked Ember because I thought it would have been the logical next progression. But uh, they did have Ember look extremely strong. At the end of this, so at least yeah. there was that. I th- I thought that they served both masters here by having Nia win and making Ember look like a utter, utter beast at the end of this yeah. match, even in loss.
1: E- either one of them, I-, I think we were well served with our picks. By I mean, Oscar and Ember Moon both looked really strong, and it makes me gives me a good feeling that we 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 might have our fingers on the pulse a little bit about where they're going with these two. I think Oscar might be in line uh second or third to go back up against Becky for that championship after the the Charlotte thing ends however it ends if it's not done now so i i'm thinking that's a smackdown thing but i can see ember uh, maybe by Royal Rumble, getting getting an opportunity. I could see Ember winning so, the Royal
0: Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble. I could. I, yeah. I think that, I don't know if it's us having our fingers on the pulse so much as it, it just being a logical way to book these women because they are stars and they know that th- this, there's money, there's investment here. You sure. can't you have to keep them doing and sometimes WWE misses that and forgets that sort of thing. Here they're not. And and it's good to see that they're they're staying careful. With future potential stars and people well, like, I didn't Asuka, give you a chance
1: to to weigh in on the Nia thing. Where's your what's your stance on Nia? Oh,
0: I, I I said it. I thought that they served both masters with it. I'm not I'm not mad okay. at it. I think that it's all right. I get it. We'll talk more about it later towards the end of the show. I want to come back to it because there, I do have gripes with it. But at the same time, I thought that the way that they finished this particular match at this point in the show, I was fine with it. All right, yeah. so moving on, uh, the May Young Classic final happened, and if you haven't watched the rest of the May Young Classic, I accidentally spoiled someone on this, and I feel awful because I just mentioned what this match was, and they said I haven't watched enough of the May Young Classic. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So if you haven't watched the May Young Classic, skip ahead. Three, two, one, here we go. The May Young Classic final is Tony Storm versus Io Shirai. What did you think, Nick? Your girl Tony going up against one of the greatest women wrestlers wrestlers in the world in Io Shirai. Uh, what'd you, what'd I think, think we matched? saw
1: about ten percent of their ca- overall capabilities, and I say that for both. 10%? of them. Ten um, percent. Yeah, it's just if even that. Really? Um, it, yeah, dude. This was over. Maybe they got ten minutes. If I'd have to go back and like clock it, but I wasn't really sure. But it was it was kind of over and done really quickly. It was pretty quick. The future. The, the future is bright for these two oh, young yeah. ladies. Uh, Tony Storm. As they were saying, Michael Cole couldn't shut up. He's got superstar written all over. <laughs> of course, she does. She's been. A, she's 22 years old, and she's won more mm. belts than most of the women that are on your main rosters. So it, it's she is going to be huge, and it's really just about getting past the Kyrie and Shayna thing and pulling the trigger on Tony Storm. Because you, I mean, we talk about rockets strapped to the back a lot of times on here. I don't know if Tony's going to stay over in the NXT UK stuff with Rhea Ripley or if she's going to end up coming over here or end up on the main roster any of them would work right but and this is not just Nick marking out for Tony Storm you guys know enough about Tony Storm at this point to see that that is just that's a big red superstar stamp in every possible way, uh, that girl—it's it, huge. Yeah, and, and so, I, I don't
0: think that it's unwarranted either. And I thought this match reminded me a lot of the first Mae Young Classic final, which we saw b- between Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler, which yep. also I thought did not showcase those women to their full potential. But it was a it w- but it was a fine match, and this was a fine match. We did see some big moves from both of them. Uh, my God, that moonsault to the outside by by Io Shirai was a thing of beauty. Uh yes. we saw and we saw some great some great offense some great uh moves from both and I I liked this match but they definitely it felt like they booked and built this match to be an undercard match. We don't want to take shine away from the later matches on this card. Let's not try to steal the show. You know, we're going to show that we're good, but we're not going to steal the show here because that would be inappropriate because we have so many yep. matches later that that we don't want to overstep our boundaries and uh, both of these women, as you said, can definitely go a lot more. I think we saw, I I wouldn't say 10%, I'd say 60 or 70, but you know, it was still, we saw, we saw a good chunk of their offense, but we, there's so much more in the tank that these, both these, both women can give us. And I think that the future is bright for both of them. Remember that, you know, we, we had last year's may young classic rematch coming up later with the NXT championship. So, obviously i 'm not worried about e o coming in quote second she 'll be just fine, and they probably have a lot of big plans for her it's no it 's no small shake to come in second in the May young classic that obviously I means
1: Shana, Shana came in second and she she 's doing just, like
0: the last year just fine <laughs> for herself yeah. so yeah, this was a a, a, a totally fine match um, i again I, I agree with Tony being the winner. We both picked Tony to be the winner. we thought that was the appropriate way to go um and, and i would do more for her career to have this accolade whereas EO will be fine with or without it yeah so yeah absolutely so that was that uh sasha bailey and natalia versus the riot squad was your next match this was the match i was looking forward to the least on the card i don't know about you
1: i kind kinda i, I kind of listened to this one passively while i was doing something else because it it means nothing did you not watch it, this it, match not not much of it no. That's,
0: I listened Okay, go back and watch this match because okay. I actually so and I will admit I as well I was starting to feel a little fuzzy around this time in the show and I may have dozed off for a little bit and when I woke back up the ending of this match made me go back and rewatch this match. It massively overperformed. This was a okay. fantastic match. It was in my opinion a, a textbook how to take a match we've seen too many times on Raw. And elevate it to pay-per-view quality. It was fantastic. It was intense. There was a lot of big moves. They had some story moments where are Sasha and Bailey going to turn on each other? And then no, they actually come to a, a you know. There's like a, a redemption moment. Uh, Ruby Riot was running Riot. Pardon the pun. Liv Morgan looked great. Sarah Logan even had a bunch of good moments. Natalia even looked great. This was. I thought the most overperforming a match did on this card, based on what I thought it was going to be coming into this, it gotcha. was.
1: It, yeah, I'll, go, I'll definitely go back and watch it again. Uh, I'm looking, once I actually get a home, uh, which is hopefully this weekend. Yeah, you, uh, I can get, get, I can go back and watch some of these again. Get a
0: home, yeah. You're living out of an office yeah. right now or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping on the, sleeping in a closet, in
1: a van down by the river. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, aren't you glad you left LA? So yeah, no, this yeah. this over delivered and. I also thought that you know, th- for this talent, at least they had something on this card. It is disappointing we didn't get another Sasha and Bailey. That would have been, I think, the best. Like if they had been able to build that for this show, which they obviously couldn't because of Sasha's injury. Um, this was, I think, the best we could have expected because yeah. of Sasha's injury. It is too bad. Uh, I I would have liked to have seen that, but given what the what the time they had to work with. Uh, this was, I thought, this was fine, and I like Sasha yeah. winning with the Eddie Frog splash. That was a cool moment too. Nice, yeah, pinning yep. pinning Liv Morgan. I, I
1: I will say this: I you guys know I'm a big fan of Ruby Riot. I, I'm glad to hear that she got some shine. Uh, and it, it's one of those things where, I, again. I might double down and pick her again for the oh, Royal for Rumble winner out this love. year. I, I think she could be a, a big one next year. You love, so you I, love
0: Ruby as much as you're, 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 you don't love Nia. It's hilarious to me. That's a fair <laughs> statement. <laughs> uh Yeah, no, I, I thought everyone was good in this, and I also thought it was really interesting that the commentary, even while they were building how much the Riot Squad were heels, were putting over how everyone in this match could be a champ. So... That yep. was pretty cool. Usually they, they will bury heels. In this one, they were absolutely putting over the riot squad, which I hope means that Creative and Vince and anyone who is in the, the commentary's ear on this was feeding them that because they too have confidence in these three very talented women who I think so far have just been working as enhancement for Sasha and Bailey and whoever, but really at some point could break away and become big deals. Individually or Absolutely. together, um, I did pick Sasha Bailey and Natalia. Your love of Ruby Riot got in your way again here, sir, and you picked the Riot Squad. Uh, but so be it. But I stand by my pick. Uh, well, even though it was wrong. Moving on, we had the NXT Women's Championship, uh, as we said, a rematch of last year's May Young Classic: Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler for Kyrie Sane's championship. I liked the build to this. I liked the fact that they have been making Kyrie look more vicious because it's too easy for her to look like a cutesy little anime cosplayer with her pirate yep. thing. And Shayna looks like a stone-cold killer. She's like one of the scariest women. I love, by the way, I love Shayna Baszler. I, don't, I, don't, I want to hear what you think about her, Nick, but I'm just going to quickly just go on a rant. Shayna, like what you were saying about Ruby, that's Shayna for me. Only more so like between the fact that Josh Barnett has done a great job of training her up the, the leaps and bounds that she's improved since she first came in, whether it's how her mic game has improved her facials, how she carries herself in the ring, the way she gets heel heat. The, her, the fact that she's able to work this MMA style, strong style, grappling style that she does, but it's totally unique to her. Nobody else does what she does. I yeah. am so impressed by Shayna Baszler, and this match was another example of that. Sorry, uh,
1: <sighs> no, 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 So while you're catching your breath, my, I'm of the I'm not of the opposite impression. I'm looking more at Kyrie Sane because I've believed in Shayna Baszler kind of from day one. I agree with you; she's improved astronomically since uh, she did get the championship for the first time after last year's May and Classic. I want to talk about Kyrie Sane a little Go for bit it. because I, I'm a little I, I had those same kind of hopes. Uh, of her kind of turning back to old Hojo a little bit, and, and we're seeing we were seeing a little bit of that vicious streak coming back that she was kind you of want known her, you wanted her to be more strong, more strong style, more strong style traditional Japanese strongs. Yes, uh, but we're still it's ba- she's basically turned into a spot monkey. What she's basically turned in, she's doing her little march. She'll hit her spear. She'll do the running thing into the corner, running across uh, arm cross by, uh, arm body into the... Corner and hit her elbow, and that's kind of it. Do you watch that's, WWE
0: that, at all? That's the WWE style is to do like your five I, I spots understand. that fans all love.
1: And it, Shayna Shayna is a little bit more versatile in that respect, though. But I'm not taking anything away from Kyrie's ability. It's just that she seems to be being limited to doing those things. Uh, dare I say the Cena-esque? Well, how many times has things?
0: Shayna does the done the arm break thing the same way? I mean, that's becoming her thing now, too. The Kira Furu Clutch is definitely not the only way she could tap somebody out, but that's the one that she always goes to. It's the WWE style. It's to make it recognizable to people who don't really know necessarily the intricacies of what they're watching in terms of chain wrestling or spot wrestling or catch-as-catch-can wrestling. You can have these big identifiable spots that everyone gets behind, and it gets the crowd hyped up. So I don't think that's a a knock against Kyrie. I think that that's actually it's good that she's found these things that the audience can latch on to.
1: But uh huh, I'll finish my Please. thought. But after she after she does all of those things, there's not much more to what? it. Where Shayna where Shayna Trumps Kyrie is outside the ring with her mic work, with her intimidation intimidating look, and all of those other X factors that make a very strong champion. And I think Kyrie has come across in the last few months as just. Yeah, she does her shit in the ring, but is kind of just, yay, Pirate Princess.
0: Okay. So, one thing uh, I'll give you here is that I did not think she was a very strong champion. She, I think she only defended it a couple times on like some house shows and maybe once on NXT in a, in a quick squash match uh, against Aliyah or someone like that. Or no, it was um, Vanessa Bourne. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. They have not done a lot with Kyrie outside of the ring. And I don't know if that's just because of the the time or the plot line they've had in NXT or what it was definitely taking the championship back off of her here, I think was more for Shayna's benefit than it was for Kyrie's uh, it doesn't yep. really help build Kyrie's character any um yep. but I think speaking to what you're talking about, the fact that they have taken Kyrie from being cutesy little uh, you know anime character to showing that she has multiple levels and she can turn on that actually that to me says that that more than a lot of the baby faces that they create they've shown that she has multiple levels that she can go to and that's it makes her more if they
1: interesting. they put her and Io Shirai in the ring and turn them loose, watch oh, out.
0: I can't wait. They're going to at some point. I can't freaking wait uh, just, for them to be like, <laughs> so, but oh, y'all didn't know? Yeah. Y'all didn't know. Yeah. Here we go. So, no. Okay. So, let's, let's talk about this match here. You had, uh, you had the match basically be running around. Shayna takes out Kairi's arm and then Kyrie bravely fighting back for the rest of the match and trying to beat Shayna with essentially one arm. And
1: well the story of this match for me was not what was going on in the ring it was all the interference that was happening outside with Marina Shafir and Jessamine well, Dookan. I, was getting, Duke to and, that. Uh, I know, was getting to that. I want yeah. to talk about so, Kyrie's That's all I that's all well, that I happened, really took away that from That happened
0: this. because after Kyrie did an absolutely bananas crossbody to the outside that was insane. That little girl went flying. Uh, <laughs> she tosses Shayna into the crowd right on the laps of her MMA four horsewoman buddies, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, as you said, who then, of course, proceed to get involved, eat a couple of back fists from Kyrie before Jessamyn finally gets that foot up and kicks Kyrie in the head as she's got her head through the ropes. Shayna uh, rolls her up, gets her in the kira and knocks her out. And Kyrie loses by technical knockout and Shayna's your new champ now united with her two two of her other four horsewomen of MMA uh, that's the you're right that's the story is we now it uh, looks like we're getting a faction like Shayna's Shayna's nice. not only a strong champ as she was before she's a strong champ with some monster buddies helping her out hell with hell yeah yeah hell yes yeah. And there's a lot of things that we could speculate about this. Does that mean that we need to have another faction to come along and take them on? Do, do, does Kyrie team up with like Io Shirai? And we were wondering if, if Mia Yim or if she has a contract, um, maybe Hiroyo Matsumoto, uh, you know, do we have something like that go down? Is it going to be too much? Remember, remember, I think it was a year ago, Nick, we were saying we want more stables. And now, like NXT, is just nothing but stables. All the, era, all the stables, all the things. Yeah, undisputed era <laughs> on the men's side, and you got you had Sanity, and now you've got uh, where the what, whatever happened to Sanity? And now you've got uh, uh, the four Horsewomen joining up over here. This is I'm totally down with this twist. Like, I, it's it's cool that these women, I, it looks like they'll now put the trigger on them and have them be involved in this, which they should. they got to get them on TV and get them some training before they come up to the main roster and turn Ronda heel and have the four evil horsewomen running rampant across all the brands.
1: That's where I was going to get to, is all of this is billed to when they finally bring them all, all three. Of, they've got to get Jessamyn Duke and, and Shafir like, tuned up to the WWE stuff, but the minute they do, they're oh, coming man. up. And and hanging out with Rousey on the main on the main roster, and then watch out. Remember folks. Absolution. That's going to be a Remember good time.
0: Absolution and how like the, and the Riot Squad like trying to look as badass as Absolution. Absolution is yeah. going to be the Disney version of the the four horsemen of MMA when they show up. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be like like Evolution, like Triple H and Randy Orton and Ric Flair, like just uh, running uh, Batista running rampant over people. It's gonna. I yep. think it will like if they do it right, it should be like Nexus without the shitty ending. You know, so anyway, good way to put All it. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, yeah, it was a, I, I thought it was a totally fine match. I I liked it a lot. I liked the storytelling here. We both picked Baszler to pick it up. Here it comes, Nick. The SmackDown Women's Championship, Last Woman Standing match: Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for Becky Lynch's SmackDown Championship. Let's take a deep breath before we get into this, um, because this was. I don't know if I have the hyperbole for this match. So, a slobber knocker, just b- b- absolute devastation with this match. This was yeah, this was what a last-man-standing match or last-person-standing match, in my opinion, should look like. And we've had a bunch this year. We've had a bunch of last-man-standing matches this year, and they all had the same flaws that I always said that they do is the count gets old. Uh, you know, there's always a, a messy finish. Here, this is how you do it. What did you? What did you think of this match?
1: And it, it went to places that I didn't think it was going to yep. go. Uh, I did not expect ladders, tables. It was a chairs, TLC match. it was a TLC out. match. We had kendo sticks. We had we had TLC. We had uh, tables or uh, announced table spots. We were out in the crowd. Uh, we were jump. We were jumping off the ropes. Uh, there, w- This had everything I want in like an extreme yeah. wrestling match. It's the problem with them. Uh, regardless of the stipulation. It's the problem
0: with them having so many different stipulations for these matches. You know, last man standing, street fight, hardcore match, and such just tiny little differences between them is that, you know, you can have last man standing matches where it just all stays in the ring, and you're kind of like, hmm. But then you can have one like this where it's absolutely bananas, as you say. And it just makes it seem so much bigger. Yeah,
1: uh, this this is one that I'm looking for. I said earlier I was going to go back and watch the Ruby Riot match or the Ruby Riot match. <laughs> that's, that's where my head's at. The Riot Squad versus Sasha Bailey and uh, Natalia match. I'm going to go back and watch that. But I can't wait to watch this match again, if not for a third time. Because it's a good
0: thing that we're not on live stream and showing everyone video because your bias is showing. Right.
1: Uh, no, this is this is one of those matches. This this could be a match of the year contender across WWE, yes. uh, and if it's not, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm, I don't think it. I don't think it would win, but I'm I'm struggling to think of a match that it that would beat it at this point
0: on the main roster.
1: Uh, on the main roster, absolutely. Yeah, I th-
0: I think there's been some takeover matches that were better. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, on the main, but- ro-
1: I'm struggling to think of one because I loved this match that much.
0: Yeah, a same. And this one I I kept having to pick my jaw up off the floor as you said because of all of the chaos and destruction and brutality that was unleashed. Uh I can't remember the last time I saw women go this hard on WWE no, if ever. If ever. Um I, you know, and it's been a while since we've seen the men go this hard, yeah. frankly. So it's it's a huge step forward for them i think that it's an instant uh i think it's instantly in the discussion for one of the greatest wwe women's matches of all time yeah and as you said i think it's in the discussion for best match uh across the board on the main roster in wwe and this is you know it's one of those things where an even dave i hate wwe Meltzer, says that same thing where he thinks it's one of the best main of main roster matches of the year men and, and women he's usually, to be clear yeah so no, and, and let's, let's break down this match real quick. Just a couple of things. Cause it was a long match. A lot of stuff happened, but we had like the ECW chair spot where they kept throwing a bunch of chairs in the ring. We had, uh, the, as you said, the ladder got involved and there was a figure eight in the, like, r- like wrapped up in the ladder.
1: That was beautiful. Was, by the way, you could tell it was, it was a struggle to get her legs wrapped to get her the right in there. Way. But once
0: they got there, Oh it cool. my God. We had the magical, the magical ladder standing up and, and not wanting to fall down. Uh, and then there was also, there was a pretty big I am the table kind of botch where Charlotte went for a moonsault onto Becky on the table. And as Cole would say, didn't get all of it. And the table didn't break. And instead of letting it go, which they've gotten criticized for before, she went back up. She got Becky back in position. And I liked this improv where she didn't try to go for the moonsault again. She went for a senton and went through the table. And nailed
1: it, yeah.
0: And nailed it, and it looked even more brutal. Yeah, it did. so I liked I liked that a lot. I thought that was a great call, great improv on, on Charlotte's part. Uh, the only real thing, I mean, then we went, as you said, outside the ring. Uh, we had Becky do a leg drop on Charlotte through the German announce table. Uh, as you said, the kendo stick shots were absolutely vicious, uh, and some of the some of the spots in the ring getting suplexed onto the ladder, onto the chairs were absolutely brutal. Um, and this match ended with Charlotte trying to go for a moonsault and uh, to the outside with Becky on a table, Becky standing up and power bombing the crap out of Charlotte through the table and then Charlotte was unable to, unable to answer the 10. But this was after a lot of very close calls, including one where Becky buried Charlotte under a pile of chairs and tables and whatnot, and Charlotte barely made it to her feet. So the one nitpick I was going to say about this match was, and maybe you had other nitpicks, or maybe this wasn't a big deal for you, was that uh, the ref seemed to have... He botched a couple times, where he counted to 10, and Charlotte was not up yet. Or you know he would he would too obviously move the chair to, to so that Becky could pick it up or something like that. And it's Mike Chioda. Obviously he's he's a legend. I I don't want to come down on him too hard. You can only do what you can do. Maybe Charlotte didn't stand up in time. I don't know. But it was the one glaring thing with this match that I was like, ah, oh, damn it. But with a match this crazy and this messy, again, I, I totally forgive it. It's this is still a five star match to me.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, again, something I didn't even really notice. Or that I gave much credence to while I was watching it that first time. Of course, the second time I watch it, I'll, I'll do so with a more critical eye. But I was I was just in. I was along right. for the ride, and I I had a feeling this was going to be epic. I, I had no idea they were going to take it as far as they did. And I, I absolutely love uh, everything they did in this match.
0: And the emotions, too. The fact that they've built this feud up so incredibly well. Both of these women operating at 110% in terms of their investment in this storyline and how they're playing it in the match as well. The emotions in the match that they were portraying were also so damn good. Um, so, the, the obviously, great match really could go off about it forever. Let's talk about some other aspects of this, though. And okay. one of those is the continuing way that they are portraying Becky. And there's, there's two things to look at here. One is, in the video package beforehand, when they're showing off all the things that happened recently, including, particularly, when Becky ran down Edge, when Edge interviewed her on the Cutting Edge show, and she said, you know, don't hurt your neck again on the way out. And they, at the time when that actually happened, uproarous cheers, like people yes chanting, right? But in this little replay, we hear boos. And then when Charlotte comes out to talk smack to Becky, we hear cheers where there were boos before. Is this reminiscent of the kind of audio meddling that we used to see like with Roman Reigns when SmackDown was taped and they just wanted to create their own narrative? Because
1: oh, it totally is. You know, this is, this is one of those things. They're, it's Road Dogg continuing to force the issue that Becky is a heel. She's going to be a heel. I don't care what the hell you guys think. She's, there's no Becky 316. Yeah, Becky's going to be a heel.
0: <laughs> and Charlotte's going to be the face. Meanwhile, in this in this last Women's Standing match, Becky is beating Charlotte with a chair, and the audience is chanting, "You deserve it." <laughs> How's that storytelling going there, Road Dog? Yeah. Uh, it's Becky. Even actually said in an AMA on Reddit this weekend that she was ready. She was prepared when she did her heel turn for the crowd to not follow her, and she's so ecstatic that they did. But she was ready for them to not follow her, and it, so it shows that they actually thought the crowd was going to turn on Becky and they're still kind of figuring out what to do in a lot of ways. Now counterpoint to this, Becky won. She beat Charlotte clean as a whistle. And she did try to run away at one point in this match, which was very heelish, but she beat Charlotte clean. So they're obviously, they know they've got something with Becky here because Again, people have been making the Stone Cold analogy, Becky 316, right? That's a little Stone Coldish. Back when he was a heel, like like right when he turned into Stone Cold, right? Running away in the middle of a match, being kind of a chicken shit, but at the same time being badass enough to muscle up and finish a match. So I liked that a lot. I like the fact, I think that that's actually, that's a good sign for what they think they have here with Becky
1: I agree but I still feel a little bit of a resistance to kind of letting it go all the way I don't know where they go from here after this there there's like Becky needs to come out as I, I, I'm gonna use a phrase loosely the people's champ they're, they're legitimately like there needs to, like she is she has become the people's champ in, in the sense that they are gonna cheer her whether or not she is a heel or a face.
0: Yeah, I remember when The Rock was the the people's champ, when he came out, would call himself that, and everyone would boo the crap out of him because he was so annoying, and then it would slowly turn into cheers because he was just so damn funny and charismatic. I Actually, I'd be curious to go back, because I haven't in a while, and see if WWE ever edited uh, some of the crowd reactions in their packages for The Rock if people were like laughing or cheering when he said something as a heel, and then they would change the reactions if they did when they did packages i don't remember if they did or not obviously a very different era very different mindset then so i'd be curious but um i could see it being the sort of thing like that where you know obviously becky is so over and people want to cheer her and it's it's frank frankly it's fine that that's the case especially when they're letting her be this badass heel character that she is yeah um and she's playing into that she's playing into that so so yeah, I I, I think that uh, I I thought that the end of this match was a bit of a relief, as far as that goes. So, I, I'm anxious
1: I, to see where they go next. Uh, it'll exactly. be interesting to see SmackDown on uh, tomorrow night and just really see how they. What's the next step? If Becky doesn't come out first on SmackDown, I'll and get, have the opening 15 minutes or so. I'll be really disappointed because I, I think she's earned it and and I think this match and there's gonna be a moment where she gives that kind of speech we either move on and they kind of have somebody come out to be her next opponent, whether it's Oscar or whoever it is, or what I'm hoping doesn't happen is we have Charlotte come out to interrupt or something and they continue on <laughs> I to want you one else. more time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I want my rematch. I'm like, oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what do you need? She beat you in the last woman standing match. You're done. Right. Move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, we got to move on to the final match of this night. And uh, to quote Becky Lynch uh, on Twitter – if you watch, if you go look at Becky Lynch's Twitter page, there was a there was one point here where uh, there was a notica- notification apparently that Becky got that Ronda Rousey was following her, and Becky tweeted in response to that she tried, and indeed Ronda Rousey did try to follow Becky Lynch on this show with a Raw Women's Championship match against Nikki Bella. Uh, I, <laughs> I had picked the SmackDown Women's Championship match to be the, the main event because I frankly, how do you follow this? Yeah. How do you follow this? And they did their best. I'll I'll give them that. This match was way more entertaining than it should have been, given Agreed. the position that they would put this match in.
1: Agreed. Uh, and and we're we're traditionally down on the Bellas pretty damn hard. I I, I didn't hate this match. No. Uh, well, and and I've been traditionally down on Ronda Rousey for the most part. I didn't hate this match. I thought it was worked really really well. It was and- very
0: basic. It was yeah. It was very it was very standard. Uh, Face shows how good she is. Heels beat her down for a while. She hulks up and wins. Yeah. Standard one, two, you know, movement one, movement two, movement three. But as you said, it was all worked really well. They they, they hit every spot fine. There was even a couple of very surprising moves. That small package roll-up suplex at the end from Ronda. What was that? What was that?
1: And then she got both of them up on her in a fireman's carry stacked on each other.
0: Yeah, to do her, uh, with, it's not a Samoan drop. What does she even call it? It's like a twisting. It's almost
1: like Buddy Murphy's thing where he flips them over.
0: No, it's, it's like halfway between a Samoan drop and an F5. I don't know what they're even calling it okay. right now. But at any rate. Ow, uh, that sounds painful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, and here's the thing. We've been down recently. We've been like, oh, those bocce bellas. They didn't, no, it was all totally fine. Everything yeah. worked out great. They'd obviously rehearsed it pretty well. Uh, and I think that, you know, given looking at the business standpoint of it, it made sense that this headlined from a business standpoint, when you yeah. look at the, the reactions that the Bellas got, that Ronda got, that social media had about this match, this was the right choice to be the headline match. Have your, have your most expensive superstar and your most uh, publicly aware, like uh, the, the, one with the most public awareness, Ronda Rousey, have her holding up your belt at the end of your show, that is the image that WWE wanted to have. And that's what happened when Ronda won this match. So I thought that was that was I, I understood. We'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. And they finished a little bit early and she had to go back in the ring and bow and then walk back up the ramp
0: again and you know before and all the we ever women, got the trademark. The- and all the women were at the top of the ramp breaking kayfabe and hugging right. each other. And oh, <laughs> she was,
1: we love you guys. Hey, you and know Rhonda, what? You know cheers, what? I give them a pass on this. Of course. Uh, so I, I, it, for the same reasons that we we said what we had to say about, you know. Anyway, the, I thought it was really well done. Props to Kevin Dunn the way that she he, they were following her no, up no crowd. Props and she was no props to Kevin Dunn. And no then they flip to around Dunn. and all the ladies are standing there on the top of the ramp. I, I enjoyed it. And I stood up and I cheered. This felt I,
0: like Triple H's crew.
1: Uh, fine it, it just it, it's a matter of it just it was really well done it was a great way it was a curtain call
0: yes. of sorts
1: of everyone that performed notably absent becky lynch
0: no she and wasn't she was right there in the middle i didn't she cheers her. she cheers ronda with their belts they they I tapped d- belts i didn't see that yeah i missed that part okay As i said because totally i was looking I, I was
1: i was scrolling with my eyes going where's becky where's becky? i didn't see her
0: no, you're right. It did feel like a curtain call of sorts, uh, a way for the women to come out and really celebrate what they'd done. And if there's anyone who knows about curtain calls, it's Triple H. Uh, oh! waka, uh, yeah, waka, waka. Hey, uh, but no, this it was a very it was a very feel good moment. As much as I, I I rolled a little bit about the self congratulatory nature of it, Stephanie only came out at the one point to award the Mae Young Classic winner her roses. Uh, even Triple H kind of stayed away except for that same point. So there, this did really feel like. Uh, a celebratory moment and obviously meant a lot to all of the women on stage, and really that is the important part. Yeah. So it was a happy way to finish this whole thing. Uh, I did pick Nikki to win this because I wanted to go out in a limb, as I said on the show. I wanted to just be crazy, and I thought it was a possibility <laughs> they could do that. I'm actually glad she didn't. Um, as I said on our show, yeah, I, I, hope, God. I Jesus. hope Ronda wins. It means we tie in our pickums this week, Nick. Ugh uh but that's okay overall thoughts Nick. we gotta we gotta take this home here what did you think overall about the show looking back on it would you want to see an evolution too or should they should they They do should they do this regularly like once a year what do you think i mean or should they just have this be something where okay we had the evolution show and then from now on we just make sure that we promote women's matches more and they can main event and we we do more work on the feuds
1: I don't know where that magic line is because where it is today feels like it's not enough. It feels very, still very male-heavy. Yes, probably for because reasons. Because there's more storylines, there's a larger roster, there's a tag division, there's multiple still, belts.
0: To 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 be to be really cold and and you know about it, they're still bigger draws. The men. Sure, they are. Eh,
1: maybe. So certain, far no, certain, no certain ones. The, I, Hang I've on. looked Let at, me, I watched You asked me what I thought about it. Hang Go on. Go on. So but there's a certain point where I do want to see more. I don't know if it's going full glow and giving them their entire, you know, women only promotion weekly show and then they have their own line of pay-per-views all the way throughout the year. That seems like the extreme other end of kind of where we're at right now. But I think adding a second belt of some sort, and I think adding uh, tag teams and th- there's so much friggin' female talent in NXT right now that they could certainly fill up a roster with with all of the all of the women to fill out the divisions, to fill out another belt, all of those, all the things, the reasons that differentiate them from the men's roster. They could certainly duplicate. Now, what does that do to Raw and SmackDown? I, I don't know. That's the point where you got to start thinking about: Do we need a weekly women's show? Uh, all of, I'm sure they've thought through all of these things, but that's where my head's at. I don't know yeah. if we're that far along yet, but we need to get a little bit closer to that.
0: And that's the thing. is, If you look at, as we said earlier this year, where they had all of the pay-per-views go back to being uh, non-brand exclusive, it pushes everyone down the card. Yep. And so if you try to make more space for the women in these programs it it's going to make it even more difficult with rosters this size so how do you expand things so that there's more room for this obviously they could they filled a whole pay-per-view with just women's stuff so they can do that so how do you make that a big enough deal on the regular shows so that a lot of these talented women aren't being pushed so far down the card like a lot of their currently talented men are because there's just so much stuff going on? So there's a lot of questions to look that WWE has to look at in terms of, of how it presents itself going forward. Uh, and one of the biggest ways is how do you avoid publicity gaffes like Crown Jewel? Because there was at one point they tried to promote Crown Jewel on the monitor in this arena And the crowd booed the crap out of it. Uh, You know, obviously, in very bad taste to to try and promote the their all men's pay per view that you're taking some dirty money for in the middle of what's supposed to be this you know watershed night for women. And it definitely did leave a bad taste in my mouth at home because they were showing you know the uh, what was called network only. Promotions for it. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh, right. They never
1: once said Saudi Arabia. And I've been thinking about that ever since you you brought that up last week that they may change the venue in the next week or two. Uh, And and, and the more that I've seen these promos for Crown Jewel, there's not one single mention of anything to do with Saudi Arabia or the Middle East or anything like that. What if they just book like Bulgaria or something (laughs) and they just move everything there? And then they don't have to say anything. It's not exactly a crown jewel, but, you know.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where they just don't say Saudi Arabia until they're on the actual show, just because of politics and and trying to be careful. But then once we're on the show, they're like, oh, yeah, we're in Saudi Arabia, Riyadh. Oh, it's such a great progressive company, our country. And then, uh, you know, after the show, we never hear about it again. I could see that happening, too. Yeah. Because that's, you know. Just, it's propaganda. But yeah, bad
1: form trying to promote it in the middle of your all-women's pay-per-view. Yeah, guys. The, Come re- on.
0: the reason we're having the all-women's pay-per-view Come on. Or, or that my cynical brain thinks we're having the all-women's pay-per-view is because of Crown Jewel. Oh, uh, right. by the way, Crown Jewel's happening. Shut up! Shut up! All right. <laughs> well, that, w- <laughs> that was... WWE Evolution, Uh, overall, we both thought it was a great show. Thank you guys so much for listening to our recap and analysis of that show. There's going to be some fallout from that show this week on WWE programming, as well as, for better or worse, the build towards Crown Jewel, and we're going to be talking about all of that later this week on our usual Thursday show, uh, as long as Nick can find his way out of his closet where he's living right now and into some sort of recording cave that has halfway decent internet there in Carolina uh, so yeah and plus we've got to talk about a lot of other stuff New Japan, Power Struggle and and Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground is heading towards Ultima Lucha 4 And all kinds of good stuff. Can't wait for that. Dude, Lucha Underground, it's gotten ridiculous this season. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it right now. They've gone
1: a little silly, I think is the word I want to use.
0: Well, they've lost their damn minds. (laughs) Uh, But we can discuss that later on the show. Uh, Nick, if you want to do the little business on the way out here, and we'll take her home.
1: Absolutely guys as I said at the top of the show head on over to Facebook and look search for Busted Wide Open come join us in the discussion group chime in with what you think about every week's Raw Smackdown NXT 205 etc cetera, etc cetera, right there in the group and join post some funny memes have a good time with the rest of the the B Dubbers is that what JB's calling them now the the B Dubbers the B B-du- Dubs I the B dubs. Oh, we're, we're trying to figure out what to call you guys. Anyway, <laughs> come join us on Twitter at BWO Podcast as well. Give us a follow. Hit us up on the YouTube channel for when we go back live. Uh, YouTube.com slash C slash busted wide open. Be sure to hit that notification bell and subscribe button so you're alerted every time we go live or post a new video. Last but certainly not least, If you want to support this show and love what we do, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our great tiers that we've got over there. Get your listener questions answered right here on the show. Get a copy of the show notes, some sweet swag, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over there.
0: Yes, and if you have made it this far in the podcast, you obviously like listening to podcasts. and, And if you also like horror movies... Come check me out. I've been running a horror movie podcast right now called Horror Palooza. It's very appropriate for the month of October. I am watching 31 horror movies for the 31 days of October and talking about it all on that podcast. It is available also on the Orbital Jigsaw network and on every major podcast platform. That's Horror Palooza where yours truly talks about all of the horror movie movies, horror movie movies, horror movies that I'm watching this October. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time with it.
1: But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude,
0: and I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out OrbitalJigsaw.com.